Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster my and welcome to this episode of the Spotlight podcast. Through lockdown, we have had to suspend Spotlight as a programme, um, but we are carrying on regardless as a podcast and having some lovely conversations with creatives from around the island. And today we're talking to a lovely lady called Caroline Devlin, who has adapted Shakespeare's Henry V to be performed on Zoom. Now, this sounds like rather a novel idea, doesn't it? Well, it is. It's a live performance with five performers streaming from from their own homes in whatever space they've managed to carve out of their houses. So maybe it's an, a cupboard under the stairs or perhaps it's the bathroom. It's really wherever they can find space. They're installing a green screen and they're live streaming this production of Shakespeare's Henry V. You can watch it, but you can also be involved. Those green screens play a large part in that artwork can be projected onto them. And so if you are artistically inclined, you could paint a picture, draw something, collage something and send it into this production company. It's Guildford Shakespeare Company and have your work included in the performance. You could also make some props or um, a piece of costume. It really is completely open. Caroline is here to tell us more about this and how you can get involved. Caroline, this project is such an exciting um, way that a theatre has adapted to the strange times we live in. What would you normally be doing, though? Where would we find you on an ordinary day in normal times? Uh, well, in Balaf, really, <laughs> uh, largely. Um, I'm, I'm a director of theatre, so I can do a lot of pre-production for shows uh, from home. And I've got two little boys here. I live in the, um, on the island with my partner. And um, so... I, I'm based here, but a lot of my work is in the UK. So I can do a lot of my stuff working on scripts, kind of looking at casting, pre-production, design meetings. A lot of that can happen from home. But then when it comes to rehearsals, I tend to disappear um, um, to various theatre companies in the in the UK. I, I, I started as an actor and I worked as an actor for 18 years in London. And towards the end of that, I got really into directing and kind of caught a new bug, the directing bug and then met met someone from the Isle of Man and here I am. <laughs> and um, so I, I managed to, to work a lot from home. I also do uh, writing, so I'm able to write from home as well and just juggle really with two young children. It's, it's, it's not easy under normal circumstances, um, but uh, particularly difficult <laughs> at the moment, trying to juggle homeschooling and the needs of a two-year-old and creating theatre uh, via a computer. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I can't even imagine. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds, that yeah, that sounds big. Um, <laughs> and how has, how has the pandemic changed the way that, um, that your work would ordinarily run? I mean, especially in the UK, theatres, performers are facing unimaginably difficult times. Um, yeah, it must have, Although, as you say, you work from home, it must it must be a very different world you work in at the moment. Well, yeah, it, essentially in the fact that there almost is no world to work in. You know, there's a few companies that are creating online shows, um, but not really that many. So I'm, I'm really lucky to be working with Guildford Shakespeare Company. I've done lots of live theatre productions with them. Um, I think personally, for me, it's kind of watching from the sidelines, um, so many people struggling emotionally, um, as well as financially, 
uh, and 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 dealing with the fact that you know some of my friends think they'll never their career will never come back and are looking at you know the, you know it's a tough enough business anyway but when theater does begin to go back um it's going to be very slow and it's the old thing they'll probably be looking for names and names will be very happy to do shows so your average jobbing actor is stuck in a real quandary now so it's it's completely transformed our theatre world because for a year in the UK it just hasn't existed um, and but have on the positive side there are companies that are just finding new ways so for example this this company that I'm working with at the moment Guildford Shakespeare Company um, their company manager um, has completely retrained herself into a technological world. You know, before she probably was aware of setting up a Zoom meeting and that was about it. And now she can construct entire theatrical virtual worlds via her computer um, on her own at home. <laughs> and then uh, is organizing, we've got a cast of five in this show, so five different worlds. So the actors that we're working with are all creating at home a little space some of them it's no bigger than a, a large cupboard <laughs> and it's going to be a private space that's not interrupted that's got wi-fi that we can put up a green screen and they are their own stage managers their own costume person props person and they even virtually um, click their own screens to be creating their own virtual backgrounds so people have been really um proactive in as much as they can and um, and using their imagination really in in terms of wanting to reach out and I think that's the that's the most exciting thing is to take from this is that people are really realizing what's important and that actually gathering is important and even within a theatrical world if that's gathering around a computer I've watched quite a few Zoom shows um, with my family and particularly my children and they love it it's um, the computer becomes a kind of exciting portal through which they can dive and go into different worlds and be taken on journeys. I've watched all sorts of different Zoom shows. Um, one of the recent one was The Grim Fairy Tales. Uh, another one was Alice in Wonderland. And that's great for kids um, because it's bringing theatre into their homes. Wow. And I can only imagine how you went about beginning this process where you adapt the, the story and you turn it into something which can be produced remotely in the way that it is. What was that process like for you? Well, um, it's a fabulous play. It's a play I love dearly. And I've produced it before. I've directed it before for uh, at Guildford Cathedral Open Air um, in 2014 which is an epic space. Um, we did it in promenade. So we used three different spaces and we brought the audience with us to three different parts of the cathedral. And, you know, so that was in open air, very exciting. And I think, you know, it, there's an epic quality to Henry V. And often when people, if you don't know the play, they might know something about battles and a few of the famous speeches. But actually, what we've done in terms of streamlining this for a, a Zoom world is we've created a 70 minute show um, and we've really streamlined it to Henry's journey. So, you know, he's a young man who's got a bit of a checkered past. As a prince, he would um, hang about in the, the rough pubs of London and uh, he had a, a poor reputation and he suddenly is thrust on the throne unexpectedly and suddenly he becomes king 
and he's got war raging from the north um, and his reputation in Europe. One of the very first scenes is the French coming over and mocking him, saying, look, you can't you can't dance yourself into France and become king there. Uh, and, and, and so they kind of embarrass him about his his poor reputation. So he's a young man that hasn't really got a lot going for him. <laughs> but there's a key pivotal moment in the play where it's the night before Agincourt, the big famous battle, and he disguises himself and he just wanders around his troops and he has a very key conversation with an archer. And basically archer's going, you know, this king dragging us here, we're all going to die. We're all, and, um, you know, what, what's this all for? And suddenly Henry kind of realises his humanity and realises the actual cost of war and realises what he's asking these men to do. And... I think it's from that scene that he creates um, his idea of the band of brothers. So the next day, just before the Battle of Agincourt, he stands with his men and he doesn't call on them as a king ordering them into battle. He says, I'm here as your brother. I'm here to fight with you hand to hand. And I need you, my my, my brothers, my people to to join me. And so he kind of creates this passionate vision of community and unity and, and they go ahead. And they defeat this enormous French army. Um, I mean, the, 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 that's just in the play, but even historically, the, the, um, the Battle of, of Agincourt was won by the English under extreme circumstances. And it's all down to those, those working class archers who um, defeated all the knights. And um, it was their tirade, um, uh, their coming together and their unity that created this wall of arrows that just defeated all the, the the knights, and then Henry went on to bring try attempt to bring peace and unity between these two two warring um, nations. So we've taken the idea of Henry's journey and wanted to create or ask people to create um, their vision of a positive future. You know, there's lots of themes in Henry V that's about battle and war, but actually at its heart is him discovering his humanity and sharing a positive vision of the future. And it was that positive vision that allowed them to kind of do the impossible, make the impossible possible. And uh, and so we're asking people to share their vision with us. Um, there's a lot of negative news in the media at the moment about children's futures and, you know, what a bleak um a, a, a bleak few years they're going to have you know my niece is um about to start university and all she's hearing at the moment is is you know financially ruined the country and um there's not a lot for them to look forward to and it's a depressed youth and and I thought we need to turn that around and come up with something more positive because actually you know if we create a, a more positive vision of the future then that's that's a much more engaging vision to look forward to so we've taken three themes from Henry um, love humanity and new beginnings and we're asking people even people who've never picked up a pen before to write a little something or if you're an artist, to paint something. If you're a musician, create a piece of music. If you're into textiles, knit something, <laughs> um, weave something. And we're going to try and bring as many of these pieces of artwork to the um, online production. So your artwork might become part of our virtual, uh, virtual backgrounds. The music might be used at a key point of the play. Um, we just need to see what comes in to see how we weave it into our storytelling. 
And then at the end, we're going to have a virtual gallery. So everyone that submits a piece um, at the end of the show, their piece will be displayed as part of this, um, this project um, using your imaginary forces, which is one of the one of the famous lines from one of the speeches, Shakespeare asking the audience to use their imaginary forces and get engaged with the story. And, uh, and that's what we're asking people to do as well. I was going to say that um, that chorus, that opening chorus, um, does that connection does seem to fit very nicely together. Um, yeah. Where we're, you know, you're sort of calling on people to, to get involved and to, to sort of colour outside the lines almost, I suppose. Absolutely. And um, I think that's why I love Henry V, is the use of those chorus speeches. Um, in the five acts, there's a chorus speech before every act. And it's literally just the performers saying to the audience, OK, this is the bit of story. You're going to imagine this boat sailing across to France or now we're going into the Battle of Agincourt. And one of my favourite lines is they talk about their ragged foils. They're kind of uh, not very, not very good. They're ragged swords. Uh, and they almost mock the fact that with these terrible props, they're going to try and create the Battle of Agincourt. But get your imagination going, audience, and you can be there with us. And that is what is really, really exciting about Henry V, is that the communication between the actors and the audience is really, really dynamic and, um, and visceral. And I, I think we can translate that in this Zoom world. Absolutely. And was that kind of communication, um, was that usual of its time? Is that something that happened often in the theatre? Were people often called upon to, I mean, you sort of, yeah, breaking down that that fourth wall, I suppose. Absolutely. In Shakespeare's theatre, there was no fourth wall. And uh, for anyone who's been lucky enough to to go to the Globe Theatre, um, there's there's an area right in front of the stage called uh, where the groundlings, and that's the that's those are the cheapest seats. <laughs> that's where you stand. You pay the least, but you stand, but you're right in front of the stage, and uh, so you get a kind of very very dynamic uh, relationship between the actors on stage, and they give a lot to the groundlings. They give a lot to all parts of the of, of the theatre, and it's in the round. And, you know, it's an open space as well. Um, There's no roof at the top of the globe. So, you know, there's birds flying over, there's planes flying over, there's noise. So it had to be very, very um, direct in a way, which is incredible. When you think of Shakespeare, people often think of this lonely fellow sat in a room scribbling away. But actually he wasn't. He was part of a theatre company uh, working in this almost open air space in one of the... um, less salubrious parts of London, you know, um, the bank side, it was on the wrong side of the river. Uh, it was where all the all the brothels and things like that were. Uh, so it was a very, um, very gritty real world where, where Shakespeare's theatre um, grew, grew out of. And um, so it's, it's, it was, it's an exciting, uh, very, you know, committed relationship with the audience that you get there in Shakespeare's world. It's not distant. Wow. And yeah, such an interesting parallel between that world and ours now and this performance that you'll be um, that you'll be producing online. Um, what are you hoping to see as the director? You've adapted um, this text and you've brought it into the 21st century where, you know, we're doing things now that we never would have imagined um, this time last year. Um, what, what are you what are you hoping to see? What are you visualising at the moment? 
Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Sorry, throwing you in the deep end there. Uh, no, no, it's great. It's great. It's um, the world, broadly the world we're creating um, is a kind of classic contemporary feel. So there will be nods to the medieval world. Um, some of our backgrounds will be that medieval world because I think that's really where, where Henry's story sits. But we follow uh, his journey, and this is something that you can do on Zoom, which we couldn't do in, in, in a theatrical version, which is get really intimate with, with Henry's anxieties and fears um, and the emotional side of Henry's journey. And I think that's really why, for me, it's exciting to have this, um, this project working alongside the actual show is, is weaving together a kind of collective collective imagination really and a collective contribution uh to to this 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 new world this new beginnings this what is our humanity feelings of love which in a in a war setting for Henry V you wouldn't necessarily think go together but um you know as much as Henry discovers his humanity for uh, when he has that conversation pre-battle uh, he also discovers his love for his people, and um, and it's that's a real driving force for him in creating this vision, this new possibility. Um, so I'm really a, a bit of my head is a bit of a blank canvas at the moment because I'm just excited to see what comes back, and I've got moments of text in my head where I'd really like to, I could see us weaving in um certain certain moments but I'm I can't dictate what those moments are going to be so I've never done a project like this before uh usually before you go into rehearsals you've got everything decided in your head you know the design you know the costumes whereas in a, in a way this is a new exciting um element that we're not really going to know what we've got until we put the whole thing together so anyone that does submit a work and we we use an, an element of it in the show um, might be surprised to see how we use it because we're not entirely sure until we've got it. <laughs> wow, it's such oh, it's such an exciting prospect. And do you think um, as we as lockdowns start to ease, as we start to kind of that slow return to the world we remember um, that you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, do you think um, performances such as this will last? Do you think this is sort of creating a new medium almost? Yeah, I think it is actually. Um, I think that companies are finding, and I think people at home are finding that there's lots of benefits to this Zoom world. Whether it remains on Zoom or there's another portal that becomes created, I'm not sure. But, you know, people get exhausted working on Zoom, but it's quite a different experience watching a show on Zoom. It's not like a film. Um, in a, in a way, imaginatively, you know, I can't create the Battle of Agincourt in five separate rooms <laughs> um, with five different people. So you're not going to watch the film of Agincourt. It's not going to be like Braveheart or something like that. But what you're trying to use as a director are imaginary prompts, if you like. And, and sometimes those can be quite abstract. So it's a really different, unusual medium. And I think it might surprise people. And anyone who's got a bit of Zoom exhaustion going on, I would encourage to watch a Zoom production because it's a very different experience. You're not having a meeting on Zoom. It's like a very strange portal and it is live. I mean, that's the important thing is these actors are 
sweating it out in their own bedrooms or living rooms or wherever they've managed to carve a little space and they are acting live in front of you um so it's it's not a film it's not recorded um it's it's a live experience and it's very, very different to, to what you might expect from Zoom. One thing I've heard from um, producers of theatre companies is that they're finding a lot of people that maybe um, have certain conditions that make it hard for them to go to theatre. They're really enjoying having um, the Zoom theatre um, experience available to them. So that's really exciting too. And of course you can watch it, um, you can watch it in the comfort of your own of your own room, but it is an event. You know, as I say, it's not recorded, so you can't press pause and disappear. It is so that's what's quite nice is it's about gathering the family together, getting the snacks in, <laughs> and getting ready to watch, and then it's over in the way that all theatre is. Um, you've really got to be there for that moment. Um, you can't zone out. You can't press pause. You can't go to the loo, or if you do, you need to rush and get back because you might have missed something. <laughs> so. Um, so it's a very different experience, but I would really encourage people. Uh, it's it's not like a Zoom interview or a Zoom meeting. It's um, a live theatrical experience in your own house. How does it feel bringing um, those live experiences to um, the masses, as it were? Because I imagine people who do tune in to to watch this, it's open to everyone. And so people who might not ordinarily be able to afford or have the time to visit um, theatres will be able to enjoy these live performances in their own home. And it kind of goes against the direction that the world seems to be going in at the moment um you can pause everything you can record everything you can come back to it at a later date um that sort of transience that moment in time experience is so rare these days oh it's it's really exciting i mean when you're directing any show you feel a huge responsibility because it's an experience for people and they are spending their money <laughs> to watch uh, a vision that, that you've created. One of the things I, I love, but it's also slightly terrifying as a, as a director is, is that moment when they're building the set and you suddenly see in 3D this world in, that's, that's kind of been stuck in your head. Um, and you've rehearsed with the actors, but suddenly all these elements coming together and, and it's the same for this because it is a huge responsibility to be sharing this story with people and people have an investment in that. And... And it's got to be smooth and it's got to be enjoyable. And, but the wonderful thing in this instance is that, you know, I've got great friends in Australia. They will be watching this. <laughs> it can go all across the world. And, um, and I think there's something really, really exciting and weirdly unifying about that as well. Um, there's certain moments where um, if you want to, you can keep your camera on and you can see other people as you would in a Zoom meeting uh, in gallery view, people watching the experience. Um, so you, you can you suddenly get a sense of, wow, uh, not only am I watching a piece of theatre, uh, the piece of theatre is watching me. <laughs> the actors can see you at home. Um, so that's that's exciting, too. Gosh, the thought of that two-way street is um, wowie. I mean, it must be quite an experience for the actors as well. Um, Shakespeare is often thought of as high culture, um, which if you don't have the language or education to um, interpret, it can it's just beyond you. But I suppose that's so far from 
Shakespeare's original intention, um, as far as as far as I understand it, anyway, it it really was for everyone. What would you say to anyone who thinks that Shakespeare is beyond them, or not for them, or doesn't speak to them, or isn't relevant? It's something which can feel so far from so many of us. Well, I've spent nearly thirty years um, working in theatre, and I passionately believe in literally the power of Shakespeare. It's very, very human. There's not a, there's not an, a human emotion um, that we have experienced in our lives that you cannot find in Shakespeare's storytelling. And I think the problem is people read it at school and it's not there to be read. And that's no offence against anyone that's trying to get people to read Shakespeare in school, but literally just get up and do it. Um, the minute you stand up and say those words... It becomes a different experience. It's not. It's not a dry academic um, exercise. It's really communicative and it's really visceral and it's in the moment. And to reassure you, I've got brilliant actors online who you know who know these words and know what they're trying to translate, and you'll understand every word, um, or you'll understand every part of the story that's being told. Um, because it's really, really human. And actually, once you begin to dig, and that's my job, my job is to dig in and make sense of the words. The actor's job is to to translate that via Zoom. And um, there's really nothing that's, we're only about 400 years away from Shakespeare. And actually, in in terms of time, that's nothing. (laughs) We're very, very close to Shakespeare and his world. And um, I would be honest and say, if you're reading Shakespeare, it's very hard to lift it off the page as a dry reading. But if you're sitting at home and fancy doing a bit, just stand up and say the words and say them out loud. And once you begin to get that language um, in your mouth and in your body, you begin to understand who these people are and you get the rhythms of the language. He's so clever, Shakespeare, but he's a product of his time. You know, he didn't stand alone. There were lots and lots of amazing playwrights at that time that he was working alongside and they were creating collectively. Um, one of the one of my favorite um, books on Shakespeare is by Stanley Wells, and it's called Shakespeare and Co. And it talks about the actors and the impact they had on Shakespeare's writing and the actors that he worked with. And they were a band of brothers. They were a group of people just getting together, putting on a play. And anyone that's had that experience, whether from the school play or, you know, involved in any sort of theatrical production, it's. Um, it's the sense of community that um, is, is, is really exciting. And um, so it's, it's much more um, of a, of a, much more of a, a, a community experience and it's very, very human and you'll understand it. If people want to get involved, how, how do we go about that? How, who do we contact? What do we, what do we need to do? If you go to Guildford Shakespeare Company, um, they will have on their website um, a link that you can click and it gives you all the information about um, about this project. And it's very, very simple. You don't need to read the play. You could just look at some images online of Henry V, get an idea. You know, there's so many famous productions, Kenneth Branagh, Laurence Olivier. You know, you could watch some of the online stuff or just get connected with those themes. You know, what does New Beginnings um, love humanity evoke for you imaginatively 
And, you know, you, so you don't need to be a Shakespeare scholar to become involved by any manner of means. Um, it's really just, and, and that's why we've taken those very, very uh, broad themes that connect with all of us really at the moment. Today on the Spotlight podcast, we have been speaking to Caroline Devlin, who has adapted the tale of Henry V by William Shakespeare and turned it into a live Zoom production, which you could watch and you can also get involved with. So full details of how to get involved are available on the Guildford Shakespeare Company website. I'll have a link for that in the podcast description, so just have a glance there and you'll see it. The submission deadline is next Friday the 26th of March at 6 o'clock, so if you're keen to be involved, get those creative juices flowing. Let's see what you've got. It'd be lovely to think that there are pieces of Manx artwork making their way over to Guildford to be included in this very special performance. Thank you so much to Caroline for speaking to us today. It's been a fascinating conversation and I can't wait for more conversations with Caroline in the future about other projects she's doing on the Isle of Man and further afield. That's all we've got time for today, but thanks for tuning in and take care out there. Slan you. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council.